Hello and welcome back to the F24 podcast. My name is David and every week I have creatives of all sorts come over to my studio in North Acton to talk about their interactions and experiences with London, culture and creativity. Where you're from, the first influences you go through and find in your early years and how these choices link and lead onto the next and how before you know it you're in a culture and how that plays a part in giving you the strength to pursue your dreams of being a creative for the rest of your life. That part. Yeah, that part. I love culture. It's really important to me. From coming out of Kilburn and seeing what culture can do for inner city kids, what it did for me, is just as important as school and education. This is why I have these conversations, it's why I love hearing these stories. It reaffirms my beliefs. Life can be suffocating. Creativity is oxygen. Go get it. This week I had Tom Inkfetish Blackford come over and we had an amazing chat. Tom's an artist, true artist. He has been forever. He's an illustrator by trade and he also paints graffiti. He came to the culture from a different angle and it's great to hear that journey. This is his story of London culture and creativity. Enjoy. This is F24. I'm just fascinated by Japanese animation. Okay. It kind of hit, I think it hit the UK when I was about 12, 13. Yeah. And you had um, uh, films like Fist of the North Star and, and Legend of the Overfiend and like suddenly these, basically these animated cartoons which heavily involved sex and violence and it just totally blew my mind I was like chapter one Tom's another one from North London so it's cottage to be exact quite local to me so we start there and he tells us about his experiences with teachers in primary school and what life was like there and also the cultural impact of hitting secondary school and further education we also chat about what he got into as a kid and his first sightings of manga and hitting the comic shops and we have a great reminiscing chat about the Jubilee line from Finchley Road to Kilburn and the amazing pieces there in the 90s, which may have been the first of what is that, you know, seeing those first pieces. Easy Tom, man. Thanks for coming. No problem. Wicked, man. Wicked. So where, where are you from? Let's start at the beginning. I'm from, born and raised in uh, northwest London. Um, grew up in Swiss Cottage. Orig- yeah, Swiss Cottage. Uh, first flat was uh, just off Finchley Road on um, Fairfax Road and then when I was about three my younger brother was born and we moved to a bigger place um, in Swiss Cottage and uh, yeah that's where I was born in Royal Free Hospital started all there yeah yeah um, and then yeah went to I went to primary school went to a place called Holy Trinity just that? just off Finchley Road. So you know where you got Finchley Road. There's that random like uphill that yeah. leads to uh, just the walk pathway with the railing in the centre. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Holy Trinity, I think, I think's to the right of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was there for one year, and then uh, it was a horrible place. I uh, I ended up getting uh, shaken by this teacher, oh. um, violently shaken for standing out of line. And I told my parents about it, and they oh, were like, we're getting... a highly tense teacher. Yeah, yeah, I was four years old or something. And um, I remember getting violently shook by this teacher, which is just, yeah, bang out of line. And then um, moved to uh, St. Paul's, which is next to uh, Primrose Hill. Yeah. Which was a really, like, friendly, nice, very sort of middle-class uh, primary school, like Church of England school. Um, and that was cool. And then I ended up going to Hampstead Secondary School. Yeah. Did you? Um, what What was um, what was home life like then? So mm. younger brother. Yeah, younger brother. Um, was there music at home? And was there art at home? Was there? Uh, so like that? 
I th- well, my dad's my dad was in advertising, mm-hmm. still is to a certain extent. So mm-hmm. I suppose he's he's a very big ideas man. Mm-hmm. So I think probably influenced by him him in a creative way rather than a sort of you know he wasn't someone that would like draw or paint or anything like that. So but, from, from a young age, were you painting and drawing? Oh yeah, I've been drawing since day dot. Like wow. literally, like since I was four years old, I used to have this thing that I called my report. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very professional. Yeah, man. Uh, that was just, it was essentially like a serialized comic that went on for about three years. What? Where like, ev- yeah, so like I had every panel, so to speak, was an A4 page. But it was like one long story went on for And you started about this when? Three years. I was probably about, probably about four or five. Fucking hell. Yeah. And it's all like, it's all, you know, what I was into back then is, you know, Batman's in it and yeah. all the rest of it. But um, yeah, I remember that was my first sort of, I guess my first sort of like foray into like dealing with a narrative in my work. So you know? what, if your dad was in advertising, was there, were there comics at home or something as well? No, not it? at all, not at all. I was just, I was just, I was always into, uh, so I was always into just like, you know, films and Maybe the backs of newspapers, the little four strip comics. I don't know. I, don't, I think it was more of a, just an outlet for me to, to kind of tell a tell a story. Yeah, and it seemed logical. Through yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just a, sort of my way of relaxing, I suppose, or Amazing. just being in my own little world. Yeah. So you were banging to art. So you were in primary school and you were in art, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, to be fair, like I've never seen myself as anything other than I don't want to say an artist because you know, but. But creatively focused, yeah. That's that's always just been the way that I'm wired and the way that my brain works. Is yeah. that like almost in a quite a narrow-minded sort of way? Like that's who I am. That's what I'm about. And it's never I've never questioned that to be honest. Um, <laughs> question what? question my sanity sometimes, but not the yeah, not the creativity. It's always been there. And do you you and your friends get into stuff then? Like, or do you? Like into, do you get into comics or anything? Or no, not really. You know, so you just go through primary school, cool as a kid, art's your thing. You know, yeah. You're creative. Yeah, yeah. And then what was it? When was it you started getting into different things? Where did like outside influences become part of the stuff you do? Yeah, I think I think when I was about eleven, twelve. Yeah, I got heavily into just fascinated by Japanese animation. Okay, it kind of hit. I think it hit the UK when I was about 12, 13. Yeah. And you had um, uh, films like Fist of the North Star and, and Legend of the Overfiend. And like suddenly these, basically these animated cartoons, which heavily involved sex and violence. And it just totally blew my mind. I was like, as a 12, 13 year old, it sort of catered to all the things that. Where, where you know, did you find them? It, it, they came out, they came out sort of, it hit the UK from Japan. You had a label called Manga that started releasing them over here. But it was heavy, like, you know, you've got anime and manga now, but it's it's like, back then it was very much marketed as this, like, underground, violent, kind of, like, Where edgy, were you picking it up, though? Like, edgy thing. Uh, I used to go to a comic shop called Forbidden Planet when I was a kid, which still exists now as like, but now it's like this huge uh, sci-fi store. It's in a different location as well. Yeah, diff- it used to be this kind of place you'd go to and it, it still had that vibe where like not everyone else knew about it and yeah. it was very nerdy. Uh, so I used to go there every Saturday with my mate Danny and we used to check out um, what was new, 
Check out the I comics love of that space. Forbidden Planet. Yeah. The thin one at the top of Tottenham Court Road. Just, yeah, just yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a fucking Tony and guys there. It is, yeah. Building now, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Forbidden Planet meant a lot to me, man. I really? Loved yeah. yeah, I was well into comics as a kid. Right. Yeah, probably the same age as you, actually. 11, 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well into it. And I loved Forbidden Planets. Yeah. I, loved, I still love comics, but I obviously I lost it through my choice of culture. But Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think back then it was almost like, you know, you had your kids that were more into the like, you know, kids that were into football and all the rest of it. And then there was me that was definitely going down that sort of alternative culture route where I was interested in. And so even though there was like, obviously in Forbidden Planet, you've got all comics of Batman and Spider-Man and all those types of things. Yeah. It was the manga route and that early manga yeah. stuff that really caught you. And so films, there was like films, the film animations, and then would you pick up the comic books as well or... Uh, not so much it's funny with comics and even to this day whereas like I'm interested in producing them and I think they're a great tool to to tell a story because Mm. it's you know you don't need you don't really need any money you just need to have a good imagination and sit there and get on with it I I still appreciate them uh, predominantly from an aesthetic viewpoint when I'm when I'm in the shops I'm still looking at the artwork rather than it's not. Uh, it's not until someone will tell me. Oh no, you've got to read this. So it, it, it has. It had to be filmed then because that's where there was a story. Yeah. To really visually follow. Sure. Because otherwise you're just going to get engrossed in these pages. In yeah. A, in a magazine. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. Wicked man. So getting deep into that, eleven, twelve years old. What happened then? What, where did that lead? You. St- I think. Did I sp- you start drawing that way? Did you start getting? Yeah. Into- the, yeah. The, the Japanese animation definitely like fully influenced my my like artwork you know my artwork at that point being just just drawing you yeah. know not really painting or anything just, no, just, just yeah drawing. sketching drawing in yeah. class not paying attention to what i'm supposed to be paying attention to and yeah. just being that kid yeah. that's sitting at the back of class not listening not going yeah. on with his work and just drawing in his in his and book I, you know i suppose the years between you being you know realizing you loved art at three or four years old to or ever just getting an appreciation for it and loving the feeling you got from it yeah all the different things you may have drawn was was it the manga thing that was the first thing that you felt that you found that was yours yeah and that, so you, that, yeah and which that, is strange in a way because it's drawing. yeah yeah and, and drawing that sorry yeah i think so and i think it's because it, i just like found this thing much in the way that that probably graffiti came into my life a little bit later yeah. where i'd found this thing that that was misunderstood yeah and was edgy and um, well, also, visually exciting. Yeah. And at you know. that age as well, it's not like we're making many choices for ourselves. Right. Do you know what I mean? We, we yeah. have to go to school. Yeah. We predominantly listen to what our parents listen to in the house. Yeah. Now you're, look, you're looking for something to call. And to, so to us, at that represent age, represent who you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. At that age, you start to maybe look out and say, "That's wicked." That it was manga was one of the first. and that yeah, age yeah. stuff as well was crazy. I never yeah. got into it actually. Right. I was into all the other comics. Yeah, I loved yeah. Todd McFarlane as my favorite artist, and I tried to collect all. Oh the yeah, comics man. He did. Yeah, yeah. I loved that guy. I remember when Spawn first yeah. came out, and it was just like, "Well," but it, it kind of it's funny you say that because like I that think was around then ninety three. It was yeah ninety two ninety three. And that almost had like when I when I used to see the covers of Spawn and the the artwork, there was a sort of a graffiti aesthetic to it as well. It was all very like exaggerated, and um, the heavy black outlines and the detailed black as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it had that kind of edge yeah. to it. So I, I was looking at that stuff at Forbidden Planet and those yeah. places then as well. I also actually went to just off the canal down here actually in Wilsdon. Oh yeah, I went to uh, this comic school for a summer oh, when I was about 11 I think right. I was 11 
and it was paid for by Richard Branson. Right. And I don't know who taught us, but we basically—I mean, I haven't got it—but we produced a small black and white comic. It's probably more of a zine, to be honest. Yeah. But it went into Forbidden Planet, and they sold oh, it. That's amazing. And it, I remember going there, with my boys. It was like, look at that, that's sick. I probably got, my mum's probably got one. I'd have been on top of the world, man. Oh man, it was, it was a brilliant <laughs> summer, and I mm. met a good a, a good couple of people in, in that summer as well. Do you remember what your your comic was about? I don't at all. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember much about it. Yeah. I remember being there. I remember it being the summer. I remember just. I think it was like once a week or something in the right. summer for six weeks. And uh, yeah, it was dope, man. I just remember and then jumping on the buses and going comic shopping afterwards or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wicked. I loved the comic days, man. Yeah, like, really. Really nice days yeah, to get yeah, into yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So sorry to drag you away from that. <laughs> um, you're well into manga and you're drawing that type of stuff. And where does that? What, what happens then? What's, what, what goes on down your curve? What happens at Hampstead? Who are you meeting? Yeah, Hampstead was like it was. Um, I felt having come from that very sort of nicey nice primary school to being thrown into this massive uh, school. Mm. It was like it's gigantic. It's yeah, it's huge. Um, it's like a thousand kids yeah. per per year, I suppose, isn't it? Does that sound right? No, it's probably no, yeah, no. tops. Yeah, uh, but it was big. It was like you know dwarfed yeah, anything yeah. else I'd probably ever experienced at that time. Yeah. Just just wandering around the place and just getting lost. And um, it was quite tough. It was quite rough. It wasn't what I was used to. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling a massive culture shock. Right. In terms of like how to hold myself and. Yeah, I guess like there was four other people that I'd gone to primary school with that all grew up in Swiss Cottage as well. Uh-huh. So we kind of stuck together as this unit. Yeah. And I think without them, I'd have had a really tough time. Yeah, mate, coming out of Primrose Hill Primary School, yeah. Yeah. Going into Hampstead, it must have been a... Yeah, it was just it was just so different, you yeah. know. It was just like, I suppose the primary school was predominantly people that had grown up in Northwest, well, yeah, Northwest London. And then Hampstead was just all over the shop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was kind of it was it took some getting used to, I think. And uh yeah, I think our years was our year was uh, remembered as one of the worst the school had ever seen. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and my class specifically was just yeah. it was chaotic, yeah. Absolutely mayhem. Yeah. London schools, man. Yeah. And I thought I mean I don't know if it's still like that around that time or if it, if my experience is just a sign of the times, but um yeah, it was tough, man. It was tough. Or oh, I remember it as being tough. You know? it, it's like a mental stress, a mental strain that you go through. Like, it's like a trauma, nearly, man. Yeah, like not to obviously that extent of that word, but it's um, yeah, the, culture culture shocks and like having to live and behave completely differently at such a young age. Mm. It's, it's a, a fucking it's a it can, wake up call. It's a wake it? up call. It, can, yeah. it leaves a bit of a scar as well. Yeah, it's it's a genuine scar. Well, I ultimately ended up getting. Well, I did. I did. Uh, I wanted to do A-levels there, ultimately, and I got a C for art. How come? Uh, because I, I didn't like the art teacher. Um, I wasn't very good at being told what to do. So you were, for your two years, you chose it for GCSE then? Yeah, I did GCSE. And you did, didn't click with the art teacher? Didn't click. I didn't click with any teacher, to be honest. I was oh, a right. bit of a... Intro. I wasn't... I wasn't a... I was I was quite introverted, I think, looking back, and so like I think that got con- I was misunderstood in the sense that I think I was introverted and felt misunderstood, and that came off as maybe arrogant and 
disinterested. So they literally did misunderstand you. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I wasn't good enough at but, expressing myself, you know. And yeah, and then at the same time, you felt misunderstood, but neither neither of you were looking at the the situation the same. Yeah, yeah. That's for, for a lot of kids, man. Yeah. So yeah. I harboured a lot of. Uh, yeah, and they've got so many. I feel sorry for these teachers, man, because they've got a thousand kids to look out for. Yeah. They've got a few interactions of you every day or every week or whatever. Yeah. And they've got to figure out a way to deal with you. Yeah. And it's hard for them to pay that much attention to fully understand. Actually, he's just introverted. He isn't just arrogantly rude. Yeah, yeah. Let's just spend yeah. another... Yeah, sure. But it's hard for them, man. Yeah, it's really a lot of people to deal people. with. Again, the classes weren't that, like, yeah. uh, control. They weren't controlled very well. It's such a shame, though, man, because kids sit <coughs> through and end up... Yeah, yeah. With, you know, worse than what you've got as a C in art. When you're an artist, you're like, what? what? You know, yeah. would that happen? But so much magic happens because of those... Yeah. Time's not spent with these kids. Anyway. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and I ended up having to do a, uh, ended up doing an advanced GMVQ because I could, I could carry on doing art and design as yeah. an advanced GMVQ. I, I had this thing in my head was like, oh no, I'm supposed to be doing A-levels. So ultimate, first off, I, I, I thought, well, I'll sacrifice the art because I can get to do, I got good grades in English and media. So I think I was, uh, doing English and media A level, uh-huh. and then ultimately I thought, no, nah, I got to be doing art. So I I dropped out the A levels and did a advanced GMVQ art design course. Um, Isn't that weird, man? Like because if you just got a bit more understood by that art teacher, yeah, and if you were given, I don't expect every child to be given a special special treatment. But yeah, like, if you were just given the appropriate treatment, yeah. You would, have, you would have done a hell of a lot better. Yeah, I think just, so. Just that tweak in that, yeah. in the behaviours that went on over those two years, yeah. you wouldn't have had to drop two other A-levels and just do, and not just do a GMVQ, but do a GMVQ when you really wanted to do an A-level. Sure. It's um yeah slipping through anyway. Yeah, no. I, I, so I, you, got, you did, did the GMVQ to, to feed that art bug? Yeah, uh, which it didn't really. Like the, the class I was then in, it was... It was it was it was I liked the people people were cool but uh, no one was really no one was really into art you know no one was there to do art it was considered a bit of a kind of there was a lot of people there to get a GMVQ yeah let's say that yeah, yeah I think so they went to the GMVQ but they it, it didn't, yeah. art was yeah you know a guy it. called uh, Bill Dags yeah I yeah he was in my class was he yeah. yeah saw him the other night actually yeah. I went to see um uh, Infinity War at cinema. Oh, sick! And uh, I didn't realise we were in the same screen until we we bumped into each other at the pub yeah. afterwards. Have yeah. you seen him since school? Yeah, yeah, you we have, bump yeah, we yeah. bump into each other because cool. he, he he lives North London, and uh, I've run into him at a few like you know art events, yeah. and uh, we've got a few mutual friends. So yeah, I see him around. He's yeah. coming around here. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. I, I bumped into uh, Tom Bibby as well. Wicked. He was at my school, but like I I knew that you knew those guys way before I met you in. I think the first time I met you was in Brighton. Yeah, we didn't meet in London, did we? No, nah, I don't think so. I no. don't think so. But I was aware of you know what you wrote, and I was aware of that the underlying guys had uh, connections so with you. He wasn't underlying college, though, was he? They were, Yeah, they'd already formed that. Had they? Yeah. How, so what year was this? this? What year did you do your GMBQ? Uh, it would have been 98, 99. Okay, I was still here. Yeah. 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 Okay, so ninety eight, ninety nine. You're in college. Bill's the only guy really that's down for the cause for art. Oh no, there's there's a there's a couple of them. Good. There's a couple of them. Um, but maybe I I was a little bit more sort of. Uh, 
I was uh, I was kind of frustrated that it was like they were doing their music thing. I was always thinking like, oh, I want to learn, you know, art. I want to be taught at art techniques. I want to be. Um, you can smoke. I want to. I want to be taught, and I, I just didn't feel like I was learning anything. Um, and at the same time, I think I started getting into graffiti. And what, what were you producing up to that point, though? So, if it was manga and so on, in the you know, it's a good question. Beginning uh, the second, beginning the secondary school, and you, I can imagine you st- stayed in that world of producing that work for like three years or so. When you get to GCSE, what type of work are you making? What was the subject, or was it all dictated? I can't remember very well, to be honest. So it wasn't uh, anything. There was w- something else hadn't come across, hadn't come up yet since manga. So you delved into that. Yeah, and I know you can draw that shit. So I must, I can imagine you really tuned in back in those years. Yeah, and I think I just felt like you know the the school teachers aren't kind of aware of of that kind of. Oh, mate, you weren't going to get away with that in school. Yeah, no way. Yeah, but there. to me, that's what was cool. That was yeah. exciting. Well, the thing is, I, though, you know, it was something. You, it, it, what you said earlier, it was underground. Mm. I go into yeah. Josh is in college now, but right. I go into his school when yeah. I go to school. Some kids would have manga drawings as part of their artwork. Sure, that couldn't happen in our day. No, when it first came out, if you tried to draw manga, your teacher would be like, "Well, unless you had a really good one." Yeah, teacher would be like, "No, no, that doesn't. Yeah, that's not what we're yeah. talking but about." But I mean, here. the same same way that you get teachers doing street art, and I, I had um, yeah. I was painting in uh, Crouch End the other day, and. Um, this woman comes up to me and she's got this like 10 year old daughter and she's like, can we just take some photos? Cause my 10 year old daughter's doing a project on uh, graffiti, you know, the classic, hey, is it art? Si- my you know? six year old niece. Don't know, it's insane. Six-year-old niece in a primary school in Shoreham. Right. Yeah. Bonkers. Project on street art. Mm. It just goes to show, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's, it's mental. So, right. So you, you, it wasn't really, whatever it was, whatever work you were doing then, I was just rebellious. It I wasn't was just... of any significance. You don't feel it was. There wasn't like the wave you fought, the wave you caught when you found manga. Yeah, you didn't find anything like that when you were fourteen, fifteen. Nothing really came up. Or what had come into your life? Graffiti around. was see- was seeping in. So graffiti comes in then. Obviously yeah. you can't produce that in school as artwork. No, but, but I became you can be inspired by it through that work. And yeah, but I, I remember you know like going to Forbidden Planet and starting to see graphism getting stocked there. Oh yeah, yeah. And right. then going to Tower Records and seeing all the imported graph mags. Yeah. And but Kansas. I was very much like uh, like alone with that passion for for I felt like a while like it was something that I was picking up on and I didn't have any mates that were into it. Or into so. it. Yeah, it was Do a very you, personal kind so of So seeing graffiti, were you um was it predominantly going to Forbidden Planet and seeing graffitism and seeing no, I, were you looking at the streets as well like the local I, I area I think that it was when I when I first started getting the train to school uh, yeah. from Swiss Cottage to Kilburn yeah. basically so yeah it GB. started going overground, Swiss Cottage, Fitzroy Road West yeah. Hampstead, Kilburn yeah. and it was everything on that that line between, was so good though. yeah yeah, and, and, and to this day, it's like it. I've got those iconic, you had that Elksville oh. piece, and the, there was a big subway, and I, I still remember, remember. The sober on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. So where the train goes past, you got to look back, yeah, and you see it up high. Yeah, on the yeah. side of that beautiful building, the series that was underneath there, was yeah, underneath yeah. The Elksville. That yeah. Elksville painting was, that, that, um, I've got that photo. Yeah, it blew my mind. Oh my, blue and chrome, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, the letter, full on wild style piece. It was his manner. Yeah. So you 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 were Elk was one that. of the names that that I I picked up on riding 
th- throughout those he's uh, those the king stations. Of the manor. Yeah. yeah, and always will be, man. He's yeah. truly the king. I love yeah. that guy. He's, so yeah. that was that line was inspirational. Then that was what kind uh, of I guess caught was, your eye to graffiti I guess, predominantly. Yeah, because I guess that was the first time that I'd 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 ever probably ridden a train, thinking about it by myself. Yeah overground yeah. and and taking notice of that there was artwork on the yeah. did your mum and dad drive um yeah my dad would have driven yeah so most of the time even with your parents it wasn't many train journeys it was cars or whatever and so yeah. this is your first time apart from maybe jumping on the bus going to west end with your mates sure going exactly comics, yeah yeah exactly was, and, and also if you're going into town you're going underground anyway so you're not really seeing no you're right but I, rem- I remember getting the 24 from um Belsize park yeah. to holborn yeah and remembering the graph on that route as well. So, like, pieces on that graph route yeah. still cool burnt, burnt into yeah. my uh, Those paint memory. Those mid-90s graph, man. From yeah. Which, which we caught the end of the early 90s as well, pieces. They were still running. Exactly, yeah. And then the mid-90s graph was so sick. That Jubilee line there was amazing. It was, yeah. And, and the pieces lasted for oh, what seemed like... Ridiculous years. It's, yeah, Five right. years what or something, like. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that Finchley Road, man. Yeah. I, I painted Finchley Road for seven years in a row. <laughs> but it was in homage... To what had happened in the to 90s. what you'd seen previously, and it was, it was obviously it was. I'm here, I'm here, and I'd also left London when I came back to paint it. But <clears throat> it was truly my, my base core of it was that platform was so inspirational. Right, the Shop and June, yeah, the diet tags, the elk every year. Like Check my boy Hot went through there as well in '97. Yeah. Pissed out his bottom mind on some smell off and bumped into elk there and used his roller. Right, I did something with him, but I just yeah, the Sheck shit was amazing. Yeah, that platform was so special. Bro. Yeah, yeah, and the pieces on that line, the sh- the Sheck and Delta inside the yeah the grey box behind. That's really funny and... because not I I feel like that wasn't up for that long and that wasn't like celebrated enough. It wasn't, was it? And Elk was on that piece as well. Yeah, and there yeah. was a Sheck that that like he'd got the S wrong in the first outline, yeah. so he had like half a Sheck out on the top, and then he'd done a piece That's over right. it. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. That was just before you got into Kilburn, was no, it? West or Hampstead. Just before you got to West Hampstead. Just by the Blue Bridge yeah. West Hampstead. Yeah, that was insane. That but I haven't seen a, a photo of that I've since. I've got one. Have you got one? Yeah. I'll have a look at that later. Yeah, I've got one. So, so that all started to catch your eye. And then seeing the magazines yeah. kind of reinforced it. Yeah, I, was, I, I think there was something about seeing it in a magazine as well, where it was like, oh shit, someone's actually, you know, documenting this and, and it's this printed thing and it's available in a shop and I can buy it. Like yeah. there's and, something in this, and you know, on the cover with a capped gun. Ro- Do you yeah. remember that issue? No, that would have been around then. Maybe. Amazing copy that one. Anyway, right. sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I remember that, 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 that kind of thing where then I'd go to these comic shops and I was also looking at, you know, I was, I was checking out the new graphism wicked and spending hours just sifting through that. Yeah. And, so you, this is all starting to seep into your brain. You get your GCSEs out of the way, move into GMBQ. Chapter 2, Culture. Conventional education may not have been the right route for Tom, but he gets himself on a GMBQ and figures his way through that. We talk about his experiences there and how more interactions with teachers and being a bit of a rebellious lad led him off that course. But through pure determination, he got himself in a university. We chat about him meeting real wall painting graffiti writers there, more local North Londoners who were doing the do in the late 90s, and this all added to his appreciation and understanding of the graffiti culture. And finally, what happened when he started clubbing with his uni mates and the night he decided to take a pill? Are you getting fulfilled? Um, I got kicked out of uh, school. Um, 
You got kicked off the GMBQ. I got kicked off for just generally, I, w- I was barely turning up towards the end, um, disinterested. Um, I was I was getting into arguments with with uh, teachers. I just I just was, gen- was this a clash of like art choices and uh, style or subject matters or is it, was it just like these? I think it was just who I was at that time. I being think a I teenager, just, being a teacher, and just being generally anti-authority, uh, which I mean the traits of that that still follow me around today. I, I still yeah. you know. Um, you know, it's just that rebellious mentality of, of of being a creative that hasn't isn't being given the resources to uh, express themselves. I think that's know. the hard thing of education, man, and learning art, I suppose, isn't it? Because they've got well, they've got a syllabus. Do you yeah. Know what I mean, of what this is, this is where you're going to learn and what you're going to learn. Yeah. Not not a space. Yeah. For you to express. Yeah. But they they haven't figured out a way of teaching that like that yet. So what what did you do? Um. So yeah, they suggested that I finished the course because I think I was about three months away from from the course ending. Uh, course the, the the year ending anyway. Yeah. Uh, so they suggested that I finish from home, work from home. Uh, they said it would just be more constructive if I didn't come in and, and got on with it at home. So um, you, got, you got to get the GMVQ then. Well, I didn't because at that point oh. I'd mentally already sort of distanced myself from it and and had already started getting a portfolio together to uh submit to Guildhall to do a um in Allgate in, in a... yeah in Allgate uh just opposite the Whitechapel Gallery yeah. Guildhall I think it's School of Music but they I don't, I don't know if it's changed to the Guildhall School of Music it was always music orientated but there was in there was an art foundation course that was run from there so you'd you'd seen this course whilst you were yeah, zoning I think, out of the GMVQ. Yeah, but I think we were already building up our portfolios at that point yeah. to start um, submitting to uni or foundation years. So um, I you put portfolio together. Yeah, I think I'd almost already done that, and then so so not long after I was I was told to leave the GMVQ course. I had a meeting with uh, Guildhall mm-hmm. to show my portfolio review, basically. And it ended up that on the strength of that, I was given an unconditional offer to to do a year at Guildhall. Uh, at which point, I thought, well, you know, it's it's only going to be art that gets me through anyway. So the GMVQ didn't really matter. Didn't really matter to me. No, no. no. I was now, like, I know I'm on this path now. I'm yeah. Do the foundation year, and then I'll, I'll get into university and do art illustration you know that was that was always the plan in my head anyway so how did that year go that was brilliant um yeah really good fun really cool people um a couple of writers as well i met um i met hokum who was in a crew called uh tbm so he'd he uh i think he'd i don't know if he'd grown up but he'd gone to school with people like Killam and Cult and, and people that, whose names I'd recognised from sort of like the North London North Hall of Fames yeah. and trains here and there. And um, he had a massive like photo collection, sketchbooks full of these guys' pieces. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is, this yeah. is really cool. It was the first time I'd really met, um, I guess, a writer that was fully into piecing as well yeah as opposed to just being a bomber yeah yeah yeah. and the first writer like that yeah 
kind of seeing what you saw in the magazines really yeah like, exactly right in front of you like, yeah yeah first hand yeah yeah and it was just, it was the same time that that the uh, bomb alert magazine was coming out oh, yeah. and he was a friend i think there was he was a friend of the guy who was putting that out so i was i was just seeing loads of really cool shit around that time and i think that's where the graffiti thing probably became more of a a, a a way i saw that my art could go in terms of replicating what i already did but but on a larger scale and so one on a larger scale and then two would it be maybe use of color and line work has that inspired was that going to inspire so you know like heavy black we're taught like to do a solid black outline on our letters in the beginning do you know what i mean yeah we get to play afterwards but and then you just like those solid blacks and uh, the way lines are done in graffiti with letters yeah did you see that and get inspired to put that into your work in that sense what what was it do you think or was it just maybe the aesthetic of it that you wanted to so i I didn't even start piecing until i'd say and i I mean i started painting uh although i was i was doing letters in my sketchbooks and stuff when i first started painting as in like not tagging Mm -hmm. any of that stuff just like actually going to a wall and trying to do something serious i it was characters Mm. so in that sense i was probably more influenced by illustrators and also i was trying to sort of even back then just sort of carve my own niche and maybe it was because i wasn't confident to to compete with letter writers so i was like well this is going to be me i'm going to be the the guy that does characters and you had a strength there as well man. yeah i'd already decided that was what i was about you know um so yeah that year kind of that year ended with me getting a uh, an, another portfolio together that I then submitted to Middlesex uh, University. So, killer year then. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't painting work. during that time. No, no, I no, just no. I just yeah, graffiti became more of an interest. More, more of an interest, exactly. More of yeah. an interest, and, and it you know you're like wicked. I love this shit. But anyway, whilst yeah. I'm looking at that, I'm going to get my portfolio done. Yeah, and, and you're going to move on to uni. So you got a good. You obviously passed that course. Yeah, yeah. Move on to uni. Went to uni. Did the uh, illustration at Middlesex. Where is that? Southgate, maybe. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Southgate, and then I was, but my um, my halls were in round Turnpike Lane. Okay. Um. So yeah, did did that uh uni in london yeah it was all right i mean i was like one of the few people there that actually lived in london and had gone to to stay in uni in london yeah which in hindsight didn't make a lot of sense because uh, you know like i i was going home all the time and and just seeing mates that were like that weren't at uni that I still knew in London so I, I didn't really reap any benefits from having moved into halls yeah, sort of it wasn't like, like a what? massive life change it was just somewhere different to live yeah exactly and yeah there were a lot of times where I just thought oh, this is a bit of a waste of cash isn't it you know but um, yeah so I did that uh, got to know a lot of uh, guys that were in the graphic design course so I was doing illustration there yeah. was graphic designers which was a sort of a sister course so um we'd be in lectures together and i got to meet like those guys mainly because that we were into the same sort of music mm-hmm. um what was that? Uh, at the time it was like house and trance basically Wicked. they were more into the house side i was more into like uh sort of melodic trance i guess and they would they were djing and stuff in their rooms and i, I ended up going out clubbing with them quite a lot 
um, which was a novelty for them. They lived in the halls as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'd go out quite a lot. And as I said to them, going out, coupling in London was like this really exciting new thing, Was I've been doing that for a few years. It was yeah. kind of like old hat to me. Yeah. But um, yeah, basically what happened was uh, one night we all went out and um, started... Uh, doing a bit of ecstasy which I hadn't done with the mates that I used to go clubbing with that was more of a sort of like go out get pissed maybe smoke a bit of weed before we go out yeah. which is a really stupid thing to do before you go raving but still yeah. but, <laughs> what you do when you're young isn't it yeah this is all getting high isn't it all of this is getting high <laughs> yeah, isn't, yeah. That? isn't that what I'm meant to do yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and um, and it was you know talking to girls and all that sort of stuff but the, but the, the guys that I've met were full on into the whole like the yeah. whole scene yeah properly ravers raving and so yeah and this was before like this was before mdma was really a thing as well i think this was still pills yeah yeah it was pills so uh, yeah so i, I think i'd be more comfortable with the mdma because at least I'd, I'd be able to sort of choose what i was regulate amounts and yeah so, like. so but you know yeah a pill was a pill and you never knew the strength you, you as well you never knew what was in it what was uh. going on you just drop it and hope for the best really and like <laughs> And on this one occasion, I did that. We were in the end nightclub, which is no no longer. Mm. And um, I think I did, I think I did one, and it didn't work. And I wasn't feeling anything. And then about an hour later, I was like, and this was still the early days, so I was like, uh, of me, of me, you know, doing pills. I was like, okay, well, everyone else it seems to be having an amazing time. I better like, uh, I think I did another half or something. Yeah. So I did another half, and then I remember an hour later like just coming up and it being ridiculously overwhelming and me puking right there and then all over the dance floor went into full panic mode and uh thought i was gonna die (laughs) basically yeah and um it was this like properly the club is banging it's everything is popping off yeah i just everything became suddenly like super overwhelming and it was just too much input for my brain to comprehend. Oh my god! It was horrendous, and um, it was right around that time as well where you're reading about all these these teenagers dying from pills and yeah. getting dehydrated. I was just like, "This is it. I'm done. I'm, 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 yeah, game over." Shit. <laughs> so um, I, I, all my friends were like, "Tom, you just need to chill. You just need to chill." And it, it, it didn't matter what they said to me. I was like, I was on this mission to hell, and um, I had to get out of the club and got a cab home. Freaking the fuck out. Yeah, in the just cab. freaking out. I remember the cab driver saying, Oh, you know, you're right. And I did, got him got him to pull over and I was like getting water, drinking shit as a water. <laughs> so, Stop myself from dead. dying. Yeah, <laughs> just gotta help. Yeah. Uh and then I I got home and I spent that whole evening just freaking out basically. I remember I just chain smoking out my window and could only felt like I could only go to bed once the sun was up and it was it was a new day and it was you know and anyway I woke up the next day and I've never felt worse um which I was half expecting because there's obviously the come down the next day but I felt awful it was absolutely awful yeah I remember phoning my friends and being like oh you know I feel I know I'm supposed to feel a bit down today but this is the next level and anyway it it that feeling of sort of instability and anxiety um really took its toll on me for the next it, it lasted a year 
I went for a year of uh, oh. suffering from severe anxiety, all triggered by this one so night. That morning, yeah, or day, whatever time it was, yeah, it, it was anxiety was properly like kicking in. And yeah, I mean, I experienced going out the next uh, one of the next days, and um, this is going to sound a little strange, but I remember it was even sort of slightly hallucinating. So I remember the sky being green. <laughs> just been like wow. thinking like what the fuck is going on yeah so, so part, you were still thinking you could still kind of step back and say what the fuck is going on but you were obviously extremely worried about what was going on as yeah well, which was overriding at all the sense the common sense yeah and then that what happened for a year the fuck for it, it, yeah so that it, it meant I, I had to I had to quit university I had to move back home um I couldn't sleep. Uh, I was having panic attacks daily. I, I, I basically lost my independence completely. From from being, you know, oh, I'm in my first year of university. I've moved out, making yeah. new friends, got my freedom. Completely reverted, you know. Completely lost all confidence. And uh, basically, I mean, looking back, nervous breakdown, maybe. Yeah. I I. I I still to this day don't know what you call it. Were you a physically s sick at all as well, or was it just it was purely mental? Uh, it was. I mean, physically, I was taking my. It was taking its toll. This yeah. anxiety, but um, because of my mental state, yeah. you know, I didn't. I remember I, I didn't feel like eating. I lost a load of weight and panic attacks are, are, are horrible as well. First time you have a panic attack, you, you're just like what is what is this it's something i've you know never experienced yeah. um uh so they became a, a frequent thing um eh, just yeah and so you you're at home now with your parents uh with my mum yeah with my mum and my brother i think he'd i think he was around yeah it was before he'd gone off to uni so uh yeah they were around they were very worried um obviously i had to tell my mum what had happened and she, yeah, she was very worried. My brother was very worried. Um, and I just went through this... Uh, you get, you, did you get help like, from... Yeah, I went yeah. through this whole thing of seeing various doctors, various psychologists, uh, psychiatrists, um, until I found one that I felt knew... You know, he was just... Blanket statement, like, you're fine. I see people like you all the time that have done drugs think they fucked up that they think they've permanently fucked something up and it's game over and it's their life is, is over um and he through yeah course of talking to me and putting me on the right medication wow man uh got me out of it eventually but um, yeah so you've gone through a few and just nothing it just never felt right or a couple for instance you went through a couple of therapists yeah it had didn't feel right they weren't Whatever they were saying just wasn't clicking that button on you. And yeah. Then he came out with some baseline facts. Yeah. And, and true experiences he's had. Yeah. And just saying you're fine. Well, yeah, I remember the last time I saw him, actually. I mean, he was, he was like, it's anxiety. It's this classic anxiety. Um, but I don't think it was until, like, one of the last times I saw him, I remember I went to my dad's work. And um, I was in the lift going up to see him because uh, I had an appointment with this guy but I was going to go with my dad because my dad would, wanted to you know talk Me, to him as well yeah. it got to that point where my dad wanted to, to speak yeah. to him as well 
And I went up in the lift at my dad's work and I had a full-blown panic attack in the lift on my way up to see him. Fuck. So by the time I got to him, I was lightheaded, shaky on my legs, palpitations, clammy hands, and, and my dad hadn't seen me actually in this state. He'd heard through my mum and through me on the phone that I was, I'd, I'd been having these um, but experiences, he but he hadn't it. seen it. I remember his face. He was like, fucking hell, like, you know, oh this, is, God, this isn't good. So... Um, <clears throat> remember with him literally propping me up because I was so weak on my legs we walked over because he was working in Central which is where this this guy I saw was walked over to this guy and by the time I got to see um name's Dr. Shannon big up Dr. Shannon big up Dr. Shannon amazing man um I was uh by the time I got into the office uh Shanahan's office with my dad I was hyperventilating I was literally there hyperventilating um you know, with, with, with him saying you've got to regulate your breathing or you're going to pass out. And I think it was <laughs> it took that for him to say, right, okay, I think he prescribed me there and there he got me some Valium, um, which calmed me down and then and got me on the right meds. And yeah, it, it was it was the ecstasy that tipped this, though. Yes, it was definitely that that tipped it. But yeah. obviously, we all carry we we all yeah. we all have anxiety. <clears throat> do you know what I mean? But there's obviously there's various levels, and and drugs, yeah, can tip them. Yeah, and that really fucking yeah took it. it was like, right, let's have it. I think I just must have been in a in a in a place where I was I was dealing with a lot more than I thought. Yeah, I, I exactly. Was, because, but you were a teenager. You, well, it was 20... Uh, Mate, you're still a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I was, I was a very young man. Early yeah. 20s is nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. No. We're not, we're not, we're not a man. But at the time, you, you think it's oh, everything. Oh, of course. Don't you mean? You're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no, at know. that time, yeah. looking back at a 20-year-old now, Everything's you so know they're not an adult, yeah. right? 21-year-old. You're not really an adult. But at the time, yeah. you, I'm a fucking adult. What the fuck is going on in my head? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. What is this feeling? Is everyone else going through it? Of course, yeah. You, you never hear that anyone else is going through it. No, you've got all, too much male pride back there. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. Share, too much going things. on as well. Yeah, too much yeah. going on and too many blurred light nights and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, yeah, fucked up, man. So, um, so, yeah, that was that kind of nipped a lot of things in the bud, really. I, so, I, the Valium helped. Yeah, uh, the antidepressants helped in the end. Yeah. Um, but I was still living in, uh, so I'd, I'd, this was in the, this actually happened at the beginning of the second year. So I'd moved out of the halls and into a place actually in Turnpike Lane, which is down the road from where I'm living now, which is really weird. So what, so you, after being, so you went home to mum's? Yeah. Got a bit better through the year? I was, I think I was, I was, uh, but when you started to get help, you managed to be able to do more, which yeah. is maybe leave the house. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, cool. I was, yeah, I was, I was able to sort of half function and and whilst you were getting help through this year. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and I'd, uh, yeah. So I, where, where where was I? Where were we so about? you've, because I thought you were at home for a year at Mum's. I was. I oh, was. you were at, you were at Mum's for a year. Well, it wasn't. It was. So this all happened towards the end, I think of the first year at university mm-hmm. um and then it got this incident happened probably yeah around the same time it, uh, towards the end of the first year so i'd already made plans to who i was moving in with the next year yeah um that all happened we did get a place uh off turnpike lane and uh-huh. um 
I tried living there. I did try, but it became apparently very quickly. I was, I was just, just you can't do yeah, this. Yeah, I, I just wasn't sleeping. Yeah. Just was not sleeping, and therefore, when I did sleep, I'd have terrible nightmares, and it, yeah, I, it was, it was pointless. You know, Fucking I, ne- hell, I, ne- I needed to be at home. I was trying to remain independent and trying to tell myself I can get through this, but I, yeah, I mean, and you were getting help, so you were kind of, you know, you you were believing it. Yeah. But it's very hard to action it. Yeah. I think the minute I said to myself, look, I can't do this. I can't deal with life at the moment. I can't deal with the pressures of, of Ian and living in this new place with these with these people. You know, the minute I sort of took a step back from all that and just totally focused on getting the help that I needed, um, you know, that was the road to recovery because I couldn't, I couldn't juggle real so, life with, <laughs> no with so w- how did you get out of it uh yeah so i was eventually through seeing this um uh, psychiatrist who deals predominantly with people that have got uh drug problems or rehabilitation he um yeah i'd, I'd gone through a few different meds and eventually put me on talipram and um i think it took me about a month and a half before I really saw the light and, and then just did miraculously start feeling normal again. Um, Fucking hell. Yeah. Were you doing art? Through, throughout that time? Yeah. I mean, I can imagine you didn't for a while, but did you go back to it at all? I think I'd probably... I, I, do you know what? I can't really remember. Right, yeah. I really like can't. I was probably doing angst-ridden yeah. scribbles in my sketchbook, but... Yeah, but there's probably too much doubt in your mind even to pick up a pencil at times. Yeah, it? it just it just wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it I just wasn't a survival thing. Yeah, and uh, so what what happened next? What did you you come out of this? Yeah, eventually I came out. Bit straight and I was like, and... Yeah, I was like, okay, so that's not happening. I'm not at uni, and what? Do oh, I so do? you were out of uni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was talks of me going back, but I, 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 at that point, I remember just sort of, I'd, I'd put that experience and uni in the same box you're fine, do you know what I mean going back, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I yeah. just don't want to put myself yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. any sort of position where I could ever go back to that yeah. so um, yeah that was it for uni um, and I not too long after I started looking for work chapter 3 creativity that was full on man guys be careful out there taking these man made drugs what they can trigger can be full-on life-taking as well as mad pressures on the brain. Tom's life really turned upside down and thank God he had a family about him to help him and get him the help he needed. We get into what he did next, working in a great environment which, which gave him the inspiration to push and produce his first publication and also combining the things he loves, comic illustrations and graffiti and how he noticed strengths in some graffiti writers that could be put into the illustration world. We chat about the ups and downs of being self-employed and the type of work Tom is mainly commissioned for, and also how graffiti really took hold of him in terms of a medium to produce his work at large scale, and then the social aspect of the culture and its importance. And ended up working in uh, Forbidden Planet for a little bit. Wicked, man. Back to Forbidden Planet. Back to Forbidden Planet, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so I remember that. Jamie said. Yeah. So that was all right. Um... And I think throughout working there as well, being I started seeing a girl there who was a comic buyer, and she'd get me a lot of like all these limited edition books and stuff by artists that I was really into. And I was I found that quite inspiring working there because I'd always wanted to get into doing comics or illustration I mean, anyway. So for, 
to be into what you're into, to go through what you went through, what a fucking job, man, because you're there. That is like-minded people in there. Yeah. It's not like... I'm not saying there isn't like-minded people that work at Tesco's, but if you go to work at a comic shop, yeah. everyone that Bunch works there is fucking bang <laughs> into it. Yeah. Like, yeah, and yeah. So you can feel comfortable. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Do you know what I mean? And all that. And then meeting a no, girl, no, totally. even better. Yeah, meeting a girl. What a fucking like... spot, man. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was exactly think what i needed at the time that is yeah it was good it was good and it kind of put me on the road to thinking like i need to do my own comic or something and 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 concentrate on my own little project as a way of sort of compensating for all that lost time so i felt like i had all this creative energy you knew it was was, there well yeah and it had come back as well i was like after taking such time out it was it was obviously like not being put to any I i didn't have any way of yeah, executing it, yeah, and, exactly. and I suppose not being in education where you had been all those years, yeah, where you had to execute work, yeah. you had to keep producing. But but saying that, I think that I've always d- done always you, the work that I was interested in. I'd always do outside you, of the education yeah. system. But uh, I I think you would probably be thinking a bit more, even though it was your thing, and you yeah. would draw whenever for whatever, yeah, wh- all that reasons. I think education is still a backing to those thoughts when we're young and we're drawing just because part of it, although it's hobby is also, I know if I get better, I can get better marks. Yeah. There's a slight thing like that. Whereas producing artwork after education, yeah, you're literally like, right. There's no need apart from pure passion here. And Let, let's see want what I can to do. do something. Yeah. 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 That is, see with, how hard you can push yourself. Exactly, man. Yeah. That was, so what did you do? Uh, I started working on a comic, um, because at that time, I think, I think I still had it in my head that I wanted to be a comic book artist. I mean, there's still a part of me that that wants to. I mean, I, I'd still quite like not necessarily a comic book artist, but do something in graphic novel form, definitely, because yeah, I love the medium. Yeah. Um, but at that time, I still had sort of ideas about being a traditional comic art, comic book artist. Um, so I thought I'll get something together, and I almost used that as a as a mini portfolio you know yeah. to take to publishing publishers comic publishers and and portfolio reviews and stuff so um yeah i get and i guess it was something to to keep me occupied with the art you know i'd, I'd had this job now and i'd got girlfriends so the only thing i was missing was this kind of a personal project to yeah. fire me up again yeah uh so i did a comic called uh no strings which was a dark take on pinocchio um, Amazing! That well, was so sick. Cheers, man. That was, yeah, hadn't been seen before, man. Nothing like that in this country, if if ever. But yeah, I mean, that was fresh. Yeah, cheers. It was like a yeah, a little self-published thing. Took me took me about a year to do. Um, and so you did a whole comic strip, comic strips. So you did a co- comic book, and then you also coll- got artists to collaborate as well. Yeah, yeah. So I got. Um, so you curated as well as... Yeah, yeah, it was like... So I was like, this is my take on Pinocchio. And then I thought it'd be cool to get... So like bring other artists involved that weren't necessarily from the like illustration comic scene, but were from, you know... Because at the time, I remember thinking like some of the best uh, illustrators out there are also graffiti writers and they're just being pigeonholed as graffiti writers where I wanted to kind of see if they were given a... You were a seeing a skill brief. there yeah. that they probably didn't even talk about. They all knew. Yeah. Like for Odyssey loved comics from a young age. Right, yeah. But 
when he painted walls, yeah, or or as Odyssey, he was Odyssey, the graffiti writer, yeah, yeah, and his characters were sick, yeah. But you, he wasn't, even though inside he's a he was a dope he, back then illustrating. I know he was obviously studying it, but yeah, it was just an inside thing. I think you you done it for a lot of people. In that yeah, book, well, it almost you, wasn't cool to to be a no. It wasn't the time. Illustrator or, it wasn't the time. Yeah. It obviously sparked the time. Yeah. But yeah, you it was you saw more in this work in some of these wall writers. So your yeah, interesting uh, graffiti was, was this time where like there. street art becomes so big, and everyone was suddenly jumping on all these like street artists that I just thought these, these guys aren't shit compared to some of the you know yeah. things that graffiti writers can do, but are being ignored because they're from a graffiti yeah. Yeah. Uh, background. So yeah, I brought in some of the artists that I've been you know really impressed by and and got them to do their own renditions of pinocchio and that made a little and also it was a way of like okay wicked well this is now like um i know how to market this in in terms of this is going to be marketed now for people that are just into like you know comics and, and graffiti and kind of weird shit you know it's not this mainstream thing no. it's just like this totally niche thing underground stuff man. yeah it, it was sort of like a glorified fanzine yeah in it a was way. fucking sick cheers i've got mate. it i've got obviously i've got it wicked but um ebay in a couple of years eBay in it. <laughs> um yeah it was it was dope to see and like i remember when it got to the shop we were all like we'd never seen anything like that and i presume it would have been tan and jimmy and alex there and to see Odyssey's illustration in there. Yeah, it was me- And it was we all mental. knew the skills. And I, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember, actually, if he ever did have... If he had anything else out, like, printed that way before. I, I know we did a couple of, like, interviews in magazines and we put some of his illustrations in the back of them, but I don't... It's not the same. Like, right. what you got him to do... And I know other artists as well that were in it. But. I saw him not too long ago and he, <coughs> and he brought up the comic as well and, and what a cool thing he thought it was, which I, was nice to hear. I think, yeah, he's not going to forget that, man. And I I bet there's quite a lot. I bet we could, if I get the chance, actually, I might bring it up with people mm. and just see what, what happened around that time, what decisions were made. I wonder if there was a butterfly effect off the back of what you, by you doing that. Right. Did it spark like, oh, hang on. Yeah, I'll do this, this wall shit, and I've been called for this wall shit to paint and be draw. But look, I've just drawn this, and I know I can do it, and people are appreciating it. Yeah. And maybe it was a re- reason for some of them people to actually step up with that illustration a bit more. I, I wonder. I don't I'm gonna, know. I won't. I, I I'm not wanna, trying to put it all on your shoulders that. and say <laughs> that it was like, but nearly everything's got a butterfly effect to it. There's a reason for. Do you sure. know what I mean? And it's if you can kind of connect the dots. That's what this this whole podcast's about. That yeah, yeah. It's about where are you from? What what did you start with? And yeah, what yeah. are you doing now? And then it's the butterfly effect of the decisions you made. You taking that fucking ecstasy pill. Yeah. Ended up with you making that comic in a in a roundabout you way. You wouldn't yeah. have made the comic. No, you're right. You're right. Because you would have been studying, directed through that way, and yeah, come yeah. out differently in the other end. Yeah. It, it's all a butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what part that played because no. I bet you any money, and I'm not trying to put you on a pedestal here, Tom. And I know you're not that guy like I did this I know you're not that guy but I'm saying I, I think there could be a, a few stories there like, right. based around that okay. it was amazing yeah and never it, been seen here man yeah it's, I can't look at it now because it, it reminds me of uh, darker times but um, it was, it's very much because it, it's a dark comic it's as fucking well. dark bro. yeah it is it, dark yeah I mean I mean my work's still quite dark today but definitely like um, I put I've channeled a lot of angst into that definitely so what did that do for you 
in terms of confidence then and like right fuck it i'm in i can do some shit i can do some work because you got a good applause of that didn't you you got received well yeah but you know i i think it was more the fact that i you know regardless of what people you know how many people actually read it or, or what people thought of it it was it was like you know it's something that i've done you know it's something that's now oh you know do you want to you know two or three years after I can say oh I did this comedy show people and yeah. they're like you know gen- genuinely impressed that yeah. um, that you've seen something yeah from beginning to end and published it yeah. and all the rest of it and yeah I, I mean I had Carhartt buy half a stock of that as Wicked. well um, that's through, amazing uh, Cash Pucker oh um, yeah Cash the Don yeah Kish Cash is the fucking Kish OG Cash. yeah I can't so, wait to chat to him are you going to get him on here I'm getting him on oh, I'm wicked. seeing him next week cool yeah. yeah, no, but he was like super. Uh, he was one of those dudes as well that saw what I was doing and, and totally supported it. He, he he got it, you know what I mean? Um, he was on the right wavelength. Yeah. So he he uh, picked up half those. So half those comics just went to people that spent um, x amount of money at Carhartt. They got a free comic. Fucker. <laughs> Fucker. And that would have been really... proudly put on a coffee table because yeah. it wasn't a, it was a fucking beautiful looking thing. It's not ugly, do you know what I mean? It's not yeah, like a yeah. freebie in a bag and you're like, oh, right. yeah, great, off on, it gets chucked out on the tube. Yeah. This was coming home and getting yeah. sat down. But that was cool as well because I didn't know, this was before social media had really taken yeah. off. So I had no real way of uh, probably had my marketing it. I think, nah, you, no, didn't... do you know what? It was before, even before. It probably was before. It and was before well, there was MySpace. no marketing. Well, you couldn't even market a MySpace. It was a page you put up and put your shit on it, but it didn't yeah. do anything really. Yeah. That, yeah, so yeah, it was just word of mouth. It was, yeah. I mean, I remember printing a lot black of... and white flyers. Yes, and, I remember them like, actually. And just dropping them into like yeah. trendy shops. Mm. <laughs> um, and like even pasting them up around Shoreditch. Really cringy thinking about it now. But um, yeah, I remember, you know, that's how else do you get people talking about it? Those right? were the days, man. Yeah. I had a shop in no social media times. It was amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad I wasn't open now. Right. The fucking energy, the effort. Of just it, keeping up all these like, yeah. seven accounts. Yeah. You you produce this book and you get to put it out really organically. Not yeah. think, oh my God, I've got to have an Instagram account for this. And yeah, yeah. I should do one for this. And I've got, yeah. I've got to add a Twitter to it. And then I've got to think of all this content. And people need it every 10 minutes. And I know. Yeah. Fuck that. I, I, think, I think word of mouth to this day is still the most. Mate, it's the fucking best. Powerful tool. It's the best. Yeah. I think, you know... Instagram account, all that they can yeah. support that. Yeah, you know? so good if to have. Talks man, not... to someone about it, then they've got an avenue. To, good to... referral unit, definitely is yeah. brilliant. To but yeah. the point, literally, man, just do good work, and then you get talked about, yeah. and then you get another bit of work. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally agree. So how? Do, so you were like, right, that's it. I'm in. I'm going to be an illustrator. Yeah, well, you know, I guess that was the idea, but it, it, I really started painting on walls. <laughs> Wicked. So what? Well, I suppose the big interest. It, you had so many writers in that book you got to meet more yeah I guess so I mean I was just like even though I was doing that like the, the graffiti thing was always in the back of my head and like oh I'd really like to get into it more but I didn't know the right people probably um, and also I was always thinking like you know if I now go down there like I want to become a graffiti artist route is that going to detract from uh, you know my, my path of of being an illustrator yeah i was always conscious of that like because yeah. i'm very much I'm quite obsessional and i'm quite all or nothing right and i've always you know so i i knew that if i was going to go down that route that it would then be like right and i'm not talking about like bombing trying to go all city 
any of that stuff. I'm just talking about like painting walls. Paint. Well, just yeah, just trying to be the best artist I can be in whatever medium. But if I'm going to go with spray paint, then I want to like yeah. really master this and be fucking good. Yeah. And uh, and I've got that competitive thing in me as well. So like you know when I see stuff that I thought I could do better, then it's it's just like that drive to and go. So that and that do that was that, you know a big enough like gnawing in your ear to say I'm going to risk my illustration career. And I'm going to put this in with my CV, but not literally, but this is going to be, I'm going to get fucking good at this. Yeah, but I and also I'm, think, I think with graffiti as well, you've got, it's, it's, it's such a social thing as well, yeah. which I thought is, was important for me back then, mm. you know? Not so much now, but back then it was, it was, it was a wicked way of just getting out of the house and meeting, Mate, if, meeting people listen, and talking culture. about art. And pe- you don't get people that are as passionate about art as, as, as graffiti writers no. whether they want to admit it's art or not I mean you know they're um, it's, it's a passionate art form that's what I that's what I could relate to yeah uh, it's it's culture I've, I swear to god man if young men and and I and I say young men and not young women because mm. young women are majority of extremely extremely strong young men we need um, we need validation yeah but yeah. We, but in a positive way. Yeah. And that's why culture's great, because culture isn't negative. Yeah. And um Well I got I got out of graffiti what I didn't get from, from school. Yeah. Class, and, classic but just, story, just you know. Being with people and loving something yeah. and you know the, the social aspect, man, is invaluable. Yeah. Invaluable. Yeah. And it you really feel part of something and graffiti yeah. is so fucking massive. Yeah. So you you went in on the painting. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Who did you meet and start with? Like, um, when I first the first couple of pieces were with a guy called Blam. Oh, I remember Blam. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing now. I think he's he got into draw. I think he's doing beard competitions. Okay. Literally, he had a beard, didn't he? Yeah. Now he's got like a. Last time I saw a picture of him, he's got like a twenty foot beard. Go on. <laughs> yes, Blam. Yeah. Um. I always thought he looked a bit like a Viking. He did. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm picturing him now. I only met him a couple of times. Straight I remember out of Braveheart. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He, wicked. He fell in love with that beard. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. It. Wicked. Um, but yeah, it was it was him, really. He took me to uh, Tot- uh, Tottenham, yeah. Marksville Park. And that was where people like Skyer and Fex were painting quite a lot. Adam Neat as well at the time. He was wicked. painting with them quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, that, so I remember thinking, oh, fuck, I'm like, you know, I've got to, if these guys are now seeing what I'm doing, I've got to step my game up. Mm. And then it wasn't long until I started painting with with Skyer and Fex through a, uh, through a guy called, who used to write Pure. I know there's a few Pures. Pure from SHK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. He, he became a mate. And uh, as I was painting with him, because we were closer in age, so I think Fex and Sky are a little bit older. Yeah, they were, yeah. So, yeah, I was, I was painting with them a lot, and that kind of... Good people to be fucking painting with, man. Yeah, yeah. Especially Fex and Sky. I can't remember... I don't remember seeing pure paint, to be honest. I just remember him being part of SHK, because I sure. know them guys. Yeah. But um, Fex is a fucking monster with a can. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was... I'd seen him up in, you know, magazines long before yeah. I ever met him, and... Um, yeah, really nice guy and uh Yeah, lovely guy, man. Yeah. 
and technically really kind of just amazing yeah quite ahead of his time really boy man when yeah. he watching him paint in the 90s with some higher coats yeah was something else man right it was something else yeah you're just like the fuck i watched him paint a piece in camden pitch man and i was just like what are you doing how the fuck are you doing futuristic cityscapes inside yeah he done this mad fucking like proper orb with electricity coming out of it yeah inside his piece and like his oh his outline was obviously semi-wild like inline border like i think it was like a free color faded blues with this orb it was just too much it was just like the fuck are you doing (laughs) like this is yeah and he was and then just looking at those pieces after that what a brilliant teacher or someone to paint me. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I was never someone that would be like, oh, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? I was very much just an observer, yeah. you know, and then figuring stuff yeah. out by just watching. You know? That's, I think that is part of graffiti as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just watch and learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Secretly. Yeah. Everyone knows that Fex would have known Tom's taking this in, but yeah. you don't talk about it. Yeah, like. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of excelled quite quickly, really, through painting with them. But it was, it was, I wasn't painting letters at all back then. It Still was characters, yeah. just characters. Yeah. I might be like outline. I mean, I've always like sketched letters on paper. I still like to this day, if, if I'm bored, you know, I've got Byro in front of me, I'm still tagging. It's and the first thing you're doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah even yeah. before I'm like doing something serious subconsciously, I yeah. still start doing, and I've got to stop myself. Yeah. Because I can spend hours just oh, sitting mate, there. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just. No, we're we're nuts with that shit. Yeah. As well. My my desk, I literally constantly yeah. have a fucking pad there, and it's just, just there's work on it. But then there's loads of there's a tag, and slowly the the tags start <laughs> getting closer and closer. You to just the, have uh... to copy the notes and put them in another <laughs> bit of paper and start again till the job's yeah, done. It's, it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? It's amazing, though, man. But, so <clears throat> well into graph, yeah, painting more and more, and then what? So you're working, just working, paying the bills. <laughs> I d- yeah, God knows what I was doing back then to but pay just, bills. I did. I did move back home for a while, which helps. Oh, cool, that helps. Wicked. Yeah, um, but you weren't career-wise type of stuff. It was still no, I just like, lost, really. Honestly, yeah. like just I, I still, still pursuing the illustration thing. You yeah. know, what did did you do? Anything of any significance after the comic? Straight after the comic, or like, um, were you getting work? Were you getting illustrative work? Were you looking? No, for not it? really. No. I was looking for it. Yeah, yeah, constantly looking for it. Yeah. And then what what led you to what led you to your first bits of work then as an illustrator? I know you as an illustrator now. I've known you as an illustrator yeah. as well as who you are as a painter. But yeah. like, how did you get to that point of being like it have being you, consistent? Yeah, being consistent with it. I know work isn't consistent. We're in a world where there isn't. Yeah, that work just isn't like that. Yeah. Um, well, for the last, I mean, for the last couple of years, the. Although I consider myself an illustrator, I consider myself an illustrator even if I'm doing mural work. Yeah. Which is the majority of the work that okay. I've been getting for the last... Yeah, I mean, I've always got more mural work than I have illustration work. Right. But I don't notion that I'm a graffiti artist, even though the, no, it's the, the, client, the client might have said, we need a graffiti artist. But when I'm, when I'm designing these murals, I'm an illustrator. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm drawing. Yeah. Um, and then I'm executing them using spray paint. Yeah they might want to say I'm a graffiti artist but to me that's you know I'm I'm an illustrator and uh, yeah I'm I'm again at this point in my life now I'm pursuing the illustration even harder because I do like the idea of having you know the the wall painting being something more personal and 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 not doing it pull out the vinyl and play it because it feels better yeah 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 yeah. and you want to do that with your spray painting soul cleanser the the healer the the therapist the social 
Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And that's not that's not to say that I turned down. No, of course not. It, uh, you know, I've got a tax bill to pay. I'm taking that job. Sure. Like, but you hope to get to a point. Do. It's, it's a really slow process. Of, yeah. of, it is, man. You know, I think being self-employed and just being in that world, yeah, is fucking hard work. And then especially just back to to, to where it where that that transition was. I really I really couldn't tell you like, when I suddenly felt like. Uh, I was doing it professionally from going from... I think this is a thing though, isn't it? You kind of... <coughs> you ramble into work mm. if you put, if you allow yourself to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's all been... I, I started my business. I, my business started when I was 21 and I opened a shop at 23. It's a bit different for me because I had to... My shit was retail. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's what I started with for myself and my yeah. friends, and it was retail. So a bit different because that was, it's a bit more of a job job. I'm not self-employed artist looking for a job. Sure. But you're still building up a I'm brand still building. Name. It's the same thing, uh, yeah. but slightly different <clears throat> in terms of, like, there would have been days, and I went, I've been through many days like that since I was 21. I think, fuck, I've got to pay the bills. Should I get, should I get? Should I get a job? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and then, if, you know what? If I went and just got a fucking proper job, I wouldn't have to stress about this anymore. I could draw in my spare time and da 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 da. Yeah. And people make those decisions and cool, that's fine. But you haven't. You've like, yeah. you've, I know you've aided. This I, is I, the, do you know I'm very, I'm really impressed by the people that do nine to five jobs and then manage to have the energy to... To That's still to thing. still produce quality work at the yeah. end of the day, you know. I mean, I don't know how that happens if you've if you're in a relationship or yeah, or you've got kids. I mean, I, weird. I, like yeah. it, I'm scared of that. Oh yeah, because I don't know about it. Do you right, know what I mean? like just yeah. what you're saying there, just like fuck that. Yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, totally, man. Yeah, you, you have to admire these people. Spent man. my life um, avoiding it, you know, but it's, for better or worse. Yeah. yeah. But you're getting to predominantly do, on a daily basis, you. Yeah. 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 And so, what what names do you use? Do you use aliases like with your work, or, so, you, or you just yeah, one name? Yeah, so I went by uh, it, the alias Ink Fetish from 2004 to probably 2016. Okay. So, about 12 years under that. But that, that was, I'd still use my... my my real name for illustration work and kind of using fetish uh more that was more associated i suppose with my graffiti yeah um it was more of a tag yeah yeah although created as as well as a way of it i, I created it to not be a tag exactly actually, because but it kind of yeah. became a well tag you, you said as, you were never a bomber like it yeah, wasn't for that no exactly yeah, you didn't get the name to put it out like yeah. that but it was the signature for those paintings exactly yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think it's been about the last two years where I was like, fuck it, this is, this is silly. I'm just going to use my name. Um, because I think ultimately whether I choose to stay within graffiti or not, um, yeah, I want, I want that freedom to have a name. Basically I chose to, um, about two years ago, drop ink fetish because ultimately I wanted to have the freedom that if I didn't carry on doing graffiti uh, or painting walls, that um, people would still know. The name would transcend. Exactly. The, 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 the name would transcend the medium. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
So I that's yeah. a clever thought, man. Yeah, just thinking ahead. I think that getting, is really... getting to that age where I'm like, I don't want to be known as ink fetish. Well, I'll tell you 50s. what else. The other thing is, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be. Not, I'm gonna know you as ink fetish. Well, yeah, Pete, I mean, it's ridiculous. You've done 12 years of it. I know. People you... will still call me. I'm like, I don't write anymore. But, but you don't need you, what you're looking for. Is you don't need introductions as ink fetish anymore. Yeah, and yeah, you just by by signing off your walls now with your name, Tom. Yeah, you get to make that transition as and when yeah if it ever happens yeah I, I i do like the way that the the you know if i sign my work off with my name on a wall people can be then introduced to my other work exactly. through that yeah so it's yeah it's more of a way of just keeping everything under the same yeah. roof yeah. And, and, why then, not, man? and then in saying that i have i've started writing agony just for letter pieces yeah. well this is that's the other thing is is that you know at some point you can also just be illustrating for your work which yep. you'll fully love and then painting is pure it's hobby it's yeah. like fishing sure it's that hobby you know what I mean yeah. that that feeding of a male male's heart like yeah, we all, yeah, we yeah, all yeah. need it I swear to god man yeah yeah fucking hell yeah I mean maybe there'll, there'll come a time when I don't feel the need to go out and and, and paint uh, but I don't see that time coming any time soon I, I still have that drive I've, I've painted every year for whatever 20 years now 22 years every year I've painted and it's it's slowed down in recent years just due to my son getting older and my lifestyle and this that and the third has the drive changed at all though the drive's completely gone I don't yeah. paint for any other reason apart from myself now yeah. and I love that and yeah. I love painting with my friends it literally is I get to do it like last year I painted seven times right. six times yeah. and I painted three times this year okay like, but it, for me, it's a proper fucking social day out, like with my friends that I don't yeah. get to see often. But what I've managed to do as well, what I'm finding, like when I was screen printing, I was getting that hobby feeling, which was lovely. I was getting that. So I, I seem to be able to find whatever I get out of graffiti, past the fame that I looked for in my younger years. Yeah. I now find it through painting. You know, if I get a chance in here painting something like my painting i've just showed you or when i was printing you got the same level i literally man like and i think for me it's literally just producing something which doesn't have any money in it yeah because that's all i have to do that's yeah. my job is to find money for art yeah it, uh, you know and to f fulfill that service i'd now get and, and i think also because i started it so young i was still painting whole cars when i started my business yeah there was a massive crossover yeah, do you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm that i was that young yeah so getting to produce anytime I get to produce work fully for me, I'm getting the same feeling I get on a wall painting. I had a fucking amazing day in here yesterday. Yeah. Painting that. Yeah. I, I literally, it was wicked. But then do you think if you had the facilities to create art, you know, back then that would have, you'd have done that instead of the graffiti. Do you think graffiti was born out of a frustration? No, I've always just, been an artist. man. Yeah. I've always, I've always, since, I mean, look, I, I, my mum's got the drawings. You know what I yeah, mean? yeah. Literally. Yeah. Uh, I've been drawing forever. And I, as I, earlier on, I said, you know, I was well into comics and I loved Todd McFarlane. I drew all of that shit and graffiti stole my heart. And, yeah. you know, I fell in love with it because, but the main reason I got into graffiti was the shit I got into before graffiti on the streets. I was trying to make a name for myself. Right because of where I was from. I, I come from an estate which was surrounded by three other estates, which was connected onto more and more estates. Yeah. 
There's hundreds of us. Was it, was it Rowley Way? I was near Rowley, yeah. Near so Rowley. Rowley and Abbey and mine and Kilburn Priory and Springfield. Yeah. I was just surrounded by estates. And yeah. I went through a lot of shit and drama fighting and causing trouble because I wanted to be someone where yeah. I was from. Yeah. And graffiti, when I found that, when I was like, that's my route, I was like, this is the shit. And it wasn't, although I obviously wanted to get good at style and tagging and I, you know, I'm proud of what I do and I was sure. proud of what I did. I like my, the way it's gone for me. Yeah it was all about fame and yeah. my business has been all about feeding me and my family. Yeah. And so art, so when I get to paint now, paint walls, yeah. it's literally social friendship time, brilliant, like creative time for me. Yeah. And I get that. That's why I get the same feeling from painting a bit of wood or screen printing or something, because that's all I'm looking for now. Do you know how, what I mean? how important is it for you? Like once you've painted a piece that, that you're super happy with it or is it, is it, uh, is it like it, it doesn't matter so much because you've matters. enjoyed the process? I, or I tell like... you what, I'm cocky enough to know I can paint a good piece. Yeah, I can paint a piece that passes. You, I, I, I won't get a toy. I mean, what the fuck, D? That won't happen. I know that. Yeah, I, mainly because I haven't been wild with my my style has also been one style. I haven't. It's not like I try anything new. It's a bit boring, but at the same time, that means I can create a nice solid piece. And yeah, there's. I've got one favourite piece of mine, two actually, which yeah. I'm really proud of. I'll never hit that level again. Right. And that was a lot of, there was only, it's been a couple of years where I really went for it. I was like, I'm going to become the best. Right. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can walk away from a wall and not be happy. I can walk away from a wall and know that not all the colours are in the 3D. And does it, does it, you know. Mate, it's fucking, it's got late. I, I live, I live out in the sticks. <laughs> yeah. I want to grab some food with my mate before. Yeah, the, yeah. You know what I mean, he's finished his piece. Like, yeah. It's cool, man. We've got a background as a border. I've got a tag up, hit a couple of people up. Yeah, yeah I could yeah, do yeah, more. Yeah. Could, but it's not about it. Yeah. That, I, if I go to Trellick, maybe there's a bit more of that prove yourself. Right. If See, I, go I feel to, like that at Stockwell. <coughs> yeah, if well, I Stockwell, go down Stockwell, I've got a pull. I very rarely paint yeah. these places. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to go off with Pref in a car somewhere and hit some right. random spot or, yeah. you know, go somewhere quiet with Hefs or, yeah. you know I mean, like, the last one was trailing. And you, when you're in the arena, yeah. When I'm in the arena, I do. But, but mate, I'm, if it sounds cocky or not, I know I can drop a good piece. And yeah. that's, that's all. It's just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But you prove, you know, the it's, 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 thing is that you just, you've got to prove it to yourself now rather than to... Yeah, and, well, as I say, it's, it really is just about the feeling. Yeah. I, I'll never go to a wall with four cans and a, and a can of mulch. I'll always go to a wall right. with 30 cans of paint. Yeah. yeah I'm always going prepared. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't enjoy the socialising that much not to be prepared to paint. Sure, got I'm you. going in to yeah. properly paint. Yeah. But the real reason is that I'm creative and I'm hanging out. Right. Which is I don't get to do all the time. So yeah, that, yeah. that's what I'm getting from it, man. And, yeah. You know, it's um, I like it for that. Because I, I I got uh, shouted out to to go and paint Leak Street two three nights ago because yeah. my mate Acho was in town. Okay, yeah. And uh, Jasic said he was up for it as well, so, and I was like so hungover. And I was <laughs> like, I just I, a I'm really hungover. B I, I really hate paint at Leak Street, mm. and C I didn't have a great selection of paint, but I was in that. I was just like, oh, I'll probably just wing wing it when I get there. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make something work. And um, I paint one of the worst pieces of shit I've painted yeah. in a long time and ended up doing a throw up over it at the end of the <laughs> night. And I was just like, God, it's been, you know, like this, this, I, I have to be mentally 
ready. I I, yeah, I have to like prepare. Like now, I like to really like prepare a piece. Even go to the point where I'm like doing mock-ups and Photoshop. Dope, man. And uh, then buying the exact colours and all of that. And I, it, it, I don't feel satisfied until I've kind of like really. But that's wicked, Tom, labored. man. That's it is, like... but I, I am also jealous of those people that can that uh, are really like having fun. And it doesn't matter to them whether they've like yeah. But, the nail on the head but look know? the thing is it's like what else are they trying to do their life is completely different and choices are completely different mm. so they can be like that at the wall because the, yeah because yeah. that's their not not to say you're going to use or try and use every single piece that you do in portfolio work sure. but you're you are making sure that you're doing your best in that all of your consistent. avenues yeah. yeah and so if this is the way you perform this is where you put, perform your piece you get it built like that by a really like right i'm gonna go and do a piece i'm gonna write this word and i'm gonna use these colors i'm gonna let me check out on photoshop dope happy with that yeah that's the way you build it that's brilliant man yeah like that's pure passion and a full beginning to end you know yeah and you you must work that way within your illustration i suppose so yeah i think i think that's what happens it carries over exactly yeah that mentality of, of being mate and it's not as if you paint shit walls i didn't see a piece the other night but good tom doesn't paint shit walls (laughs) they they, same way that i'll say i'm cocky i'm not you're not painting toy yeah you you don't leave you know yeah so it's worth it yeah yeah not to say you need to do it every time you you could do it without but the point is what you do is worth it man it's yeah it's about putting that work in man it's we can only sure if if you're looking to get if you want your feeling you have to do the work yeah if you know that you're not going to walk away happy if you've missed or skipped those beats it was your decision yeah you know yeah. wicked so just continuing this yeah at the moment I, I, like I said I'm trying to push the illustration again um, and potentially I, I don't know I've got an idea for a graphic novel um, which I've got to at some point attempt to get down on paper it's all in my head wicked scene by scene it's, all, it's been in my head for years yeah, um, you've got to get that out Tom, yeah because it's, it's this voice in my head saying like you know a lot of ideas will just sort of melt away. You know, you'll, you'll have an idea yeah. and the next day you'll be like, oh, that's a terrible idea. But but this one's sticking. So I'm like, there's a reason that it's not leaving my head. Refer back to your Pinocchio comic, man. Yeah, yeah. It's the same format, just bigger. It is. I've just got less time now. Yeah, less time, less to, time. In, to indulge yeah. in, in a personal yeah. project like that. But um, It's got to be done, man. Yeah. And also you've got all these things now like Kickstarter and, yeah, and exactly. all the rest of it, which I haven't really investigated. Yeah. And the other thing you've got is friends who have grown and got older and are in industries. Yeah. This is the other thing we can take, we can take advantage of. That's that true. That's you know true. I mean? There's people we know in places. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. Actually, we are grown men. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're real adults out here. Got to check got... sometimes, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to check sometimes, especially with the culture we're involved in, you know. But um, dope. Wicked Tom, man. Cool, man. I really appreciate you coming around. Bro. No problem. It's good to see you. Thank you very much. No problem. Whew. Mate, that was dope. Another great chat. Tom's at it. Constantly producing work and running around the city getting his part done. He gifted me his 31 days book that he made after taking part in the hashtag Inktober on Instagram. Go and check it and also check him out at Tom Blackwood Art on Instagram to see his incredible work. These chats are really feeding me, man. I'm really getting inspired and it's, and it's really calming to hear people talk about their lives so openly, especially the anxiety and depression parts. You know, we all suffer with that. We all have it in us in some way. And as you can see, that pill really took Tom over the edge with that shit. So look, 
I'm loving it. I hope you lot are too. Loads of great gems for us. Let's keep them going. Remember, love your city and love your culture. This is F24. Thanks for listening.